the network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is an AV Nation special. Composing the soundtrack to Gears Tech. This is Tim Albright with Aviation with an Aviation special. This is kind of a continuation of, of our looks at the audio and the audio production behind certain pieces of, 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 of entertainment. And today we're going to talk about Gears Tactics uh, with us to talk about the uh, audio and production and the composing of that music is Mr. Edward Patrick White. Welcome, sir. Lovely to be here. Thanks for having me. So Gears ta- Gear Tactics, uh, if I can say it correctly, Gear Tactics came out this year, this, this past April. It is a continuation of Gears of War, AAA rated, uh, award-winning um, uh, video game from a number of years ago. But this is a continuation of that, right? Um, one of the aspects, though, of, of this is when you started going into this, you knew in advance that you, not only you're going to be composing it, but you're also going to be mixing uh, yeah. mixing the game. What, what what does that do as not just the composer, but also a sound designer going in, going, okay, you know what, I'm, I'm not only making the music, but I'm also going to be the one mixing it. How does that change? I think it's a real benefit. For me, one of the things that I spent a lot of time thinking about was the musical arrangements. And I did that almost using my mixer's ear. Um, so thinking very much about what the other sound in the game was going to be doing. It's gears, it's bombastic, there are explosions, there's screaming and you know, gunfire and all of the rest of it. So there's a certain uh, requirement that you're going to be writing around those uh, elements and then also thinking about how you're going to get your music mix to pop against uh, what's quite a bombastic soundtrack already. You, you, I love the word bombastic, by the way. That, that's a, actually a really good <laughs> explanation of games like this and, and Gears of War specifically. And, and I have not played Gear, Gears Tactics. I'll be very honest. I have played Gears of War um, more than I should, should probably admit as a 40-some-odd-year-old guy. Um, but <laughs> but it, it, it gets you in there, right? It, it's part of, the, part of the entertainment value of a video game is the energy that the music brings along. When you look at a game like this, right, what, 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 what do you draw on to, to create that excitement? Well, you know, the franchise has very clear, I mean, you touched on this, the, the franchise has very clear expectations for what the music will be doing. And in that sense, I was quite fortunate because I wasn't, you know, uh, having to invent the wheel. Um, and uh, the, the legacy music of, of the franchise sort of laid a very good template for me. That said, Our game is a bit of a departure from what Gears normally does. Gears is normally a third-person cover-based shooter. Our game is a bit of a departure. It's a prequel in the storyline. And uh, for the first time, what we have is a top-down tactics, turn-based game. So it was very important that we still felt um, like an authentic... uh, It was very... Uh, important that we felt like an authentic Gears uh, game. Um, so in, in that sense, there, was, there were good kind of things to refer to. So I knew that I was going to have these big orchestral sounds. I knew that I was going to have some big percussion stuff going on. And I knew that there was also going to be a requirement to be inventive with the sort of the musical sound design. 
So let's talk about that for a second. And and the you know when we're doing some of the research on this, some of the 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 pieces that we've that we've read about is is a term called feathering, feathering in uh, different elements with different instruments at, at certain times. Yes. What, when when you hear the word feathering when it comes to audio and audio mixing, what does that mean to you? Well, so for example, when I, our score is entirely in the box, pretty much. I've played, you know, some guitar on it. I played some bass on it. And I'm a big fan of grabbing whoever will uh, happen to be passing my room at the time. And sometimes my daughter would be bringing me a snack or something and I would get her in and get her to sing some things and, and, and design those. Um, but when I think of feathering in, I think of maybe I'm, I'm using, you know, some cellos, I'm writing a cello line and it's just not got enough of a nose on, on the sound. So for example, I might then hunt out a solo cello library or something where it's got a particular type of attack at the front of the note. And I would then feather, to, to use that phrase, I would then feather that sound in to, to give me more of a nose uh, on my cellos overall. So it becomes about curating your sample library to make sure that you are um, creating definition uh, where you want it. One of the aspects of this, uh, you, when you guys created this, was was creating a 5.1 surround sound audio uh, experience. Right. Uh, I want you, to, if you could please, um, talk for a second about the various platforms or or tools that you guys have as as mixers, mixers and engineers in your chest today to take a look at a um, to take a look at a game and go, you know what, this is what we want to do for this, because you, you have traditional surround sound, right? You've got 5.1, you've got right. 7.1, 7.2, and now the, the, um, the emergence of Dolby Atmos over the last three or four years, where not only it's not just surround sound, right, the 7.1, 7.2, you've got a fully immersive platform that you could, if the game or if the, if the piece requires it, when you go into the studio, you, you even start down this road, what are some of the, the, the kind of the, the check boxes that you need to, to check off and go, okay, this takes me down this road, this takes me down the 5.1 road, or this piece or this, this game absolutely has to be at most. What are, what are some of the, the considerations when you make those decisions? Well, so, I mean, again, we, we looked at what the, uh, what the franchise was doing with Gears 4 and 5 and what the legacy games uh, did. Um, and then also we, we took into account the fact that we're a, a strategy game. Um, we're not um, a third-person shooter. So yeah. the decision was made fairly early on. And we sp spoke with, with Dolby about doing... Um, at most, and it just for for this particular project wasn't quite as appropriate. And I think one of the reasons for that was the, the top-down perspective on things meant that you're already up in the air, so the height information seems somewhat redundant um, because you're already there looking downwards. So that's that's a focal point there. And, and the real benefit of Dolby Atmos is, is really getting that height information and, and I guess the extra channels for movement. Uh, and our camera doesn't move quite as much as it would do, for example, in a third-person shooter. So we decided that for us, um, Surround was an appropriate format. Um, uh, so 5.1 and um the the i mean the, the tools that that you're going to use um 
sometimes you know the the, the tools are have been built with 5.1 or, or, or other surround formats uh in mind and other times you're going to be taking sounds that have not been at all uh, thought of particularly with musical samples and things like that you know not all of the libraries provide you with the sound uh with with, with your your rears uh with your rear uh sound um to give you that kind of three-dimensional space so for example i used halo upmix by nugent quite a lot to build essentially my my surrounds because i didn't necessarily have them uh with the particular sample library that i wanted to feather in at a given moment absolutely uh we are talking with with edward patrick white uh composer and the mixer for Gears Tactics, Gears Tactics uh, came out this, this past April. Uh, Edward, I want to walk you through, walk me through, if you would, you know, getting into the mixing part, right? And, and talk for a second about, you know, when you sit down at your studio, what are, what are your tools? What are the things that you absolutely have to have at your desk, at your console, when you start, you know, piecing this together? What, you know, uh, is, it, is it a specific board or is it the type of board that you need? Is it a specific software or just the type of software you need? What is it at, at, in, your, in your tool chest that you absolutely have to have? So for me, Pro Tools um, Ultimate is, is kind of one of those things that I, I couldn't uh, live without. Um, and yet having said that, you know, most of the music was written uh, in logic. So my, my methodology of creating the music was that as I'm sequencing in logic, um, I'm sequencing knowing that I'm going to be producing surround assets in logic that I'm then going to be bringing into Pro Tools to, uh, to mix with. So, I mean, those two pieces of software, as I said before, you know, Halo Up Mix um, is, is one of those things where once they created that piece of software, it's, you sort of wonder how we, we did it before, you know, <laughs> to, to set up, you know, discrete delays going to the surrounds and, and, and all of that sort of thing. It's, um, it's a wonderful, it's a wonderful tool to have. Um, and I wouldn't, you'd have to prize that out of my hands, I think. Um, what else? I mean, I, I love the UAD stuff. I think one of the most important things when you're working with samples and you're mixing with samples um, is to have good quality uh, tape saturation. And of course, you know, I wasn't going to run everything off onto, you know, real tape. The time wasn't there to do it. And the level of iteration that's required on the video game also means that you're going to be revisiting things and replacing things uh, on a fairly regular basis. So for me, the UAD tape apps, uh, tape um, uh, saturation uh, plugins were also really important. The Ampex particularly. That's fascinating to me that you're still even considering real tape in, in today's day and age. Is that something just, just because of the, of the fullness and the richness of, of the medium that you will still from time to time bring that out? Absolutely. I mean, you know, if, in, in terms of, uh, in terms of uh, getting real tape out, no. In terms of seeking out um, the a very... Uh, bona fide authentic sounding tape saturation yes because for me to my ear uh, however well the sample library has been recorded it always benefits from 
uh, tape saturation, particularly brass. You know, the great soundtracks that we sort of, we, we know and love, the John Williams stuff, the, the really sort of symphonic scores, um, were all recorded to tape. And there's a wonderful quality that you get when, you know, when brass hits tape quite hard. And so for me, it was very important to try and replicate that, even though I'm doing it in the box. All right. Uh, Edward Patrick White, thank you so much. If somebody wants to get a hold of you or learn more about your your, uh, mixing or find out more about Gear Tactics, how do they do that? Uh, I am very easy to find. Just type my name, Edward Patrick White, into Google and uh, I come straight up. Thanks so much, Patrick. Uh, for us, for Aviation, go by our website, avnation.tv. That's avnation.tv. You'll find this program and a host of others. While you're there, check out our newsletters. We'll give you a the latest, greatest uh, news straight to your inbox. So all that and more at avnation.tv. That's avnation.tv.